This morning we invite you to the book of Ephesians chapter 3. The book of Ephesians chapter 3. And this morning we're going to read just the first 13 verses for your hearing this morning. The chapter is basically broken up into two sections, verses 1 through 13, and then verses 14 through 21. And then there's a couple of subsections uh, in those, uh, well, especially in the first section. Ephesians chapter 1, beginning with verse number 1. Paul writes, For this cause I, Paul, the prisoner of Jesus Christ for you Gentiles, if you have heard of the dispensation of the grace of God which is given me to you word, how that by revelation he made known unto me the mystery, as I wrote afore in few words, whereby when you read you may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ which in other ages were not made known unto the sons of men, as it is now revealed unto his holy prophets and prophets by the Spirit, that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs and of the same body and partakers of the promise in Christ by the gospel, whereof I was made a minister according to the gift of the grace of God given unto me by the effectual working of his power, unto me who am less than the least of all saints is this grace that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ and to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery which from the beginning of the world has been hid in God who created all things by Jesus Christ to the intent that now under the principalities and powers in heavenly places might be made known by the church the manifold wisdom of God, according to the eternal purpose which he purposed in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have boldness and excess with confidence by the faith of him. Wherefore I desire that you faint not at my tribulations for you, which is your glory. May the Lord add his blessing to the reading of these verses. This morning we want to continue on with that of our study of this third chapter. Last week we just covered just verse number one where Paul identified himself as a prisoner of Jesus Christ and he said, For you Gentiles... He said, for this cause, I, Paul, the prisoner of Jesus Christ, for you Gentiles. We began last week by asking the question, what did Paul mean by for this cause? Or what, what cause was Paul referring to? And as we said, the details are always in uh, that of the background leading up to that of the verse or the verses, likewise here. Paul has written unto the saints at Ephesus, and as he has done so, he has addressed that of the Gentiles in verses 11 through that of 22 of chapter 2. And in that section, he identified how that God had reconciled 
both the Jew and the Gentile unto himself, and that he had reconciled both Jew and Gentile together. How it was through the work of Christ on the cross that they both were now able to draw nigh unto God. And they had been made one new man, one body. How that they were fellow heirs, members of God's family. Now, if you remember the Gentiles, they, when they came to the temple, even though they were proselyte Gentiles, that is, they had come over to the Jewish religion, they were considered ones that were still sort of, you might say, outcasts. They were the last ones to be able to approach that of the temple. There was that of the Jewish men's court. Then there was that of the women's court. And then there was the Gentile court. So they were the last ones that could come into the temple. Uh, and of course, then there were, of course was that of the actual temple itself or the place where uh, God manifested himself. And so they were kind of in the back seat, so to speak. Well, Paul, in these verses, verses 11 through 22, tells them that that's no longer the case. That through Jesus Christ, the veil had been rent in two, and that both Jew and Gentile had access unto God, access into his very presence. And that they had become a holy temple, a habitation for God through the Spirit. So Paul writes for this cause, or in light of these things, I, Paul, the prisoner of Jesus Christ, for you Gentiles. He identifies himself as a prisoner of Jesus Christ, and indeed he was. For he who was traveling on the road to Damascus with papers in his hands to go and to take those followers that he found in Damascus and put them in jail. He himself was arrested there upon that Damascus road, but not by human authorities, but by the Lord Jesus himself. And so he identifies himself as a prisoner. Later on in Acts chapter 9, Ananias is told by the Lord that he's a chosen vessel uh, for that of a definite purpose that God had in mind for him. That definite purpose being that he would be an apostle, an apostle of Jesus Christ, an apostle unto the Gentiles. He would be the one that would take the gospel message to the Gentiles. So he was a prisoner of Jesus Christ for the Gentiles, or in that of their behalf, Paul writes. He was a channel that God used, a channel 
through which the blessings of God came to the Gentiles. Now as we go on further into chapter 3, Paul begins to speak of a mystery. Not only does he speak of a mystery, he speaks of a stewardship. And the stewardship being one that was given unto him by the Lord himself, that God had shown grace to him and had given him that of this stewardship. Stewardship of this mystery that he is going to speak of here in this chapter. So let's get on into the chapter. Verses 2 and 3, Paul goes on to write, after he's written for this cause, I, Paul, the prisoner of Jesus Christ for you, for you Gentiles, he says, if ye have heard of the dispensation of the grace of God, which is given me to you word, how that by revelation he made known unto me the mystery, as I wrote afore in few words. Now the first thing that we would draw your attention to here is the first few words of verse number two. He writes, if ye have heard. <clears throat> Paul at this point in the passage, he breaks away from that of his first statement. For this cause I, Paul, the prisoner of Jesus Christ, for you Gentiles. He breaks away from that first statement to kind of go on that of a, you might say, a rabbit trail. Because what Paul is going to do from verse 2 down to that of verse number 13, he is going to expand upon that of his apostleship and that of this stewardship that God gave unto him. And then in verse 14 of the chapter, he picks back up with that of what he began in verse number one. You say, well, how do you know that, Brother Steve? Well, look with me, if you will, in verse number 14. Paul writes, for this cause, I bow my knee unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. He uses the same exact words there in the beginning of verse number 14 that he used and began the chapter with. He says, for this cause, for this cause I bow the knee. Paul, at verse number 14, is going to then go on with that of what he was about to do, to bow the knee or to intercede in behalf of the Ephesian saints. In verse 13, he writes, Wherefore I desire that you faint not at my tribulation for you, which is your glory. 
Verse number two is a verse that begins with an if statement. And that if statement goes from verse two all the way down to that of verse number 13, where the full statement or the main statement is made in that of the if statement. Usually we all use if statements. We say, uh, honey, if you will clean off the table, I'll go and do the laundry. The if statement is, if you will clean off the table, honey. But the main statement is, I will go and start the laundry. Well, that's what Paul uses here. In verse 1, he begins by identifying himself as an apostle or that of that of a prisoner of Jesus Christ. And we can see from verse number 14 that he was about to enter into that of prayer. But he breaks off and he begins with that of an if statement in verse 2. And he's going to speak about that of his apostleship, his stewardship. And then he concludes with, in verse number 13, Wherefore I desire that you faint not at my tribulation for you, which is your glory. So there's a couple things that's going on here. First, Paul begins with a prayer, and then he then starts out of an if statement. He ends that if statement down at verse 13 and picks back up with his prayer in verse number 14. That's the structure of the passage here. So going back to verse number two now, if ye have heard, as we've already said, this is a if statement. And it's conditional. If ye have heard. Now, reading it for the first time, it would seem to imply that Paul is implying that there is a possibility that these saints to whom he is writing to that there's a, a possibility that they have not heard or that they know him. They know about him as being one who had been given this stewardship, this apostleship to declare the gospel to the Gentiles. Undoubtedly, there were probably some who were at Ephesus that really did not know Paul. Paul had been at Ephesus for three, I believe three and a half years, and the church had grown. But he had also been away from the church, some writers say at least five years, when he writes this prison epistle. And so within a five-year period of time, the congregation could have changed drastically. And, that there, and then, of course, there would have been new people that would have come into the congregation. Just like we've all been members of other churches, perhaps, and we've gone back after we've been gone for a while. And there are some who know us real well there are some who have heard about us, but they don't know us very well. 
Likewise, is the same situation that is perhaps being set forth here in that of Paul's statement here when he says in verse 2, if ye have heard of the dispensation of the grace of God which has given me to you word. So Paul He's anticipating that there are those at Ephesus that don't really know Him too well. If you have heard of the dispensation, that word dispensation is a big word. It's not anything to be alarmed at. It's a word that Paul has already used earlier in the book, chapter 1. It speaks of that of one who is a steward who would have authority over a household. One that would be a manager over something. And what Paul here is speaking of here is is that message which God gave to him the gospel of grace, which is the same gospel of grace that Peter, that uh, the other apostles preached, only Paul was designated as the apostle to the Gentiles. And his message was a message of grace. It was a message that declared that not only did God send Jesus to die on the behalf of sinners, that of Jews, that Jews would be saved, but also for that of the Gentiles too. If you remember, in the very beginning, after Paul went on his first missionary journey, when he came back to the church at Antioch, there was a great turmoil that arose in the church there over that of the Gentiles that Paul had gone and preached the gospel message to. There was those Jews that believed that it was necessary one to be circumcised. Uh, One had to be circumcised in order to be saved. And Paul and Barnabas, they said no. And they, of course went up to Jerusalem and they had a big conference up in Jerusalem about that issue. And the decision was was that no, the Gentiles didn't have to be circumcised to be saved. To Paul was given that of who worked to go to the Gentiles and preach the unsearchable riches of Christ, the gospel of grace. He says, If ye have heard of the dispensation of the grace of God, which is given me, it was given to him, this apostleship, this ministry, it was given to him, to you word, or in other words, in your behalf. 
And then he goes on further to expand upon that stewardship. Giving us some information about it. How that by revelation he made known unto me the mystery as I wrote afore in few words. As we come to verse number 3, the question is, what is the mystery? What is the mystery? Well, first of all, let's just take a look at what Paul writes here. He says, whereby when you or how that by revelation he made known unto me the mystery. The mystery here is described as being revealed unto that of Paul. How that by revelation he, who? God. God made known unto me the mystery as I wrote afore in few words. This mystery was revealed to Paul. That's number one. He goes on to say, as I wrote afore in few words whereby when you read, you may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ. This mystery here, Paul says that he has already written about. He says, as I wrote afore or before in few words. What is he making reference to here? What Paul was making reference to is that of what he has just written. Those immediate verses that we've already gone back to several times already too. Verses 11 through that of 22 in chapter 2. How that by revelation he made known unto me the mystery as I wrote afore in few words. Whereby when you read, ye may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ. This mystery that Paul describes here is the very Word of God. What we have here in what Paul is saying is that of inspiration. He's telling these Ephesian saints that what he has written down already, you're going to read it, It's a revelation. 
how that by revelation he made known unto me the mystery as I wrote afore in few words, whereby when you read, you may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ. The mystery. The mystery of Christ. This mystery that Paul speaks of has to do with that of Christ. Christ, the anointed of God, the Messiah. He is the one who is the subject of this mystery. Now there's a couple other things that we want to draw your attention to as we look at this here this morning. First of all, it is indeed a revelation. It's something that has been revealed to Paul. Now, if you turn over the book of Galatians chapter 1, Galatians chapter 1, I believe that we can safely say that Paul makes mention of this when he writes here in that of Galatians chapter 1 to the churches of Galatia. Let's begin with verse number 11. He says, But I certify you, brethren, that the gospel which was preached of me is not after man. For I neither received it of man, neither was I taught it, but by the revelation of Jesus Christ. Paul says, the gospel that I preach, he says, it wasn't of men. He says, I was taught it. Or it wasn't received of man, neither was I taught it. But it was by the revelation or the revealing of it was through that of Jesus Christ. Paul had this gospel that he preached. It was a revelation by Jesus Christ to him. He says, For ye have heard of my conversation in times past in the Jews' religion, how that beyond measure I persecuted the church of God and wasted it, and profited in the Jews' religion above many my equals, in my own nation being more exceedingly zealous of the tradition of my fathers. But when it pleased God who separated me from my mother's womb and called me by His grace to reveal His Son in me that I might preach Him among the heathen, immediately I conferred, not with flesh and blood, neither went I up to Jerusalem to them which were apostles before me, but I went into Arabia and returned again unto Damascus. Then after three years, I went up to Jerusalem to see Peter and abode with him 15 days. But others of the apostles saw I none save James, the Lord's brother. And the things which I write unto you, behold, before God I lie not. And afterwards I came into the regions of Syria and Cilicia, and was unknown by face unto the churches of Judea which were in Christ. But they had heard only that he which persecuted us in times past now preaches the faith which was once which once he destroyed, and they glorified God in me. Now I read all those verses to point out to you that Paul makes mention of that of how that he was taken
Verse number 17 says, Neither when I went up to Jerusalem, but to them which were apostles before me, but I went into Arabia and returned again unto Damascus. Paul had a period of time in which he was in that of isolation, you might say. God, God took him and spoke to him, revealed to him that of the message of the gospel, that of the good news. God revealed himself unto the Apostle Paul, especially. We see here. <clears throat> so this revelation, this, this revelation which is none other than that of the mystery the mystery of Christ, it has to do with that of the Messiah. God revealed this unto the Apostle Paul. And this message, or this, this mystery, is none other than the message about the Messiah, about the Lord Jesus Christ, that of the gospel, the gospel of grace, the good news. And Paul is going to expand upon that even further later on in the verses uh, uh, in the passage that is uh, here before us. But as we said, revelation, first of all. Secondly, the word mystery. The word mystery speaks of something that has not been revealed. The mystery, the mystery of Christ. The mystery of Christ. Christ is the focus of the mystery. And we're not going to go any further, but I want to draw your attention to some verses here. You know, down as, as, he, as Paul goes on to write in verse 5, he says, which in other ages was not made known unto the sons of men as it is now revealed unto his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit. Paul, he makes mention that this was not revealed previously, but now it's been revealed. Now, the question is, is what is it? What is it that Paul speaks of here that was not revealed in the past but has now been revealed. Well, we're going to give you a, a little clue, a little bit more information about it, and we'll expand on this later on this afternoon. Verse 6, he says, That the Gentiles should be fellow heirs of the same body and partakers of his promise in Christ by the gospel. There you have it. There you have the mystery. We'll expand upon this later on in our lesson this afternoon. Paul, the apostle. Paul, a prisoner of Jesus Christ. Paul, the apostle. Paul, the steward. He was a channel that God used through which the gospel went 
to the Gentiles. The Gospel of grace. The Gospel the good news of Christ. Salvation for the Jews and the Gentiles. We'll stop there. Beloved, as we think about the Holy Bible, the Word of God, as we mentioned in our Sunday school lesson this morning, what a wondrous book we have. As we said about that special revelation, it was progressive. God revealed Himself, revealed His plan, and it was a progressive revelation that was given of what God planned, what God was doing. And beloved, it's still progressive in that there is much that as we look into that of the Word of God, we don't understand. But in time, as our eyes are, as we read the Holy Scriptures, and as God gives illumination, we'll see. As God gives us light, we'll see. We'll understand more and more. All right. In the back of your bulletin, we have a hymn that you and I know very well. Holy Bible book. Divine.
is Jesus Christ. Praise you. Thank you. Bless you. Once again, we pray that you with us. Help us. Lord, to be the blessing of your brothers. Lord bless you.